Welcome to the Abundant Beans podcast. My name is Brandon Rains. The coup d'etat is complete. The violent <laughs> takeover has happened. I'm your host for today. But because I'm so magnanimous, I'm invited my conquered previous host, Jamie O'Kane, to the podcast. Welcome. Thank you. <laughs> I've been keeping that in my back pocket. I, for a I couple apparently weeks. <laughs> now I have to take you back over. Okay, noted. Nice try. <laughs> Not gonna happen. <laughs> okay, so uh, so a couple weeks ago, mm-hmm. you were nice enough to have, toast me mm-hmm. on the podcast. I did, and I turned it around on you and asked when you were gonna show up on the podcast, and I just kind of invited myself to co-host. <laughs> you totally That's really did. What this <laughs> you really did, and I was like. Okay. Yep. <laughs> sure, why not? <laughs> exactly. Okay, so Jamie's bio. Jamie is a CPA with 15 years of experience in helping small to mid-sized businesses with their tax, accounting, and other compliance needs. Her firm, J.E. O'Kane CPA LLC. So There's many. a lot of letters there. <laughs> oh, sorry. <laughs> Specializes in providing proactive services that can help clients move towards their goals to find success and sustainability in their business. She's also the host of this podcast, former host, <laughs> was, which provides business owners with content for reaching those goals and moving their lives and businesses forward. Again, welcome to the podcast. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> Thank you very much. I did feel like I should keep the tradition of your okay. first question, which okay. is, what was your first job? Um, so other than babysitting, okay. my first job was technically to help um, an elder lady in our neighborhood. Okay. I would help clean her house. And she would drive me to the grocery store with her little tiny list of groceries. And I had to go buy, like, one apple and one. <laughs> it's very specific. Like, she didn't eat much. So yeah. it's a very specific grocery list. And then she would check it and then make me safe to take stuff back. And it was, it, was, it was interesting dealing with a different personality sure. than me. And then um, I had a ton of babysitting jobs. And then I bust tables. And I did restaurant yeah. work forever. <laughs> and what got you into that business? Was it just the job that was available? Or was there something else that was attracting um, you to restaurant work? I don't know why I started. So on the border was opening right by our house or right near us when I was in high school. And I had been doing childcare for forever. And I was like, I think I'm going to go try something different because I worked at our rec center in the childcare for a really long time. That was like for my sure. first job when I turned 16. Um, and then I started about busting tables, and then from there I was waiting tables and running shifts, and but and then I would go back um, and work there in the summers during college and stuff too. So, and then I worked a bunch of restaurant jobs in college too. So, sure, lots of restaurants, and I went back. I've gone back to restaurants at different times and in my life too. Sure. What are some of the lessons that you've learned from the restaurant business and previous jobs that have helped? make you an even better business owner and accountant. I think restaurant jobs um, help you like learn how to multitask, um, help you learn with different personalities, deal deal with different personalities, um, help understand what people want a lot of the time. Um, They might say what they want, but they want something different. Like, you know, it's about like understanding what people are saying and, you know, how to take care of people and make make them feel feel take care taken care of. I think that's sure. hugely important in a restaurant job. Yeah. I'm always like, okay, where's the person with the water? Like it's really not that hard. All you have to do is keep 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 people's waters full and check on them. But also it taught me how to deal with volumes of of work. 
and you know different flows of volumes and things like that. I was actually telling somebody the other day one of my top ten like nightmares is that I have like this whole like section full of people and I'm like immobilized and I can't (laughs) handle anybody. I can't help anybody. Um, I used to have that nightmare all the time. Yeah, when I waited tables. When you were waiting tables, Uh gotcha. Just because it was. Too many people, or you like you were. I was just, just I was just physically, physically mentally incap- yeah, incapable just, of yeah. helping them. I was just physically and mentally incapable of, of helping them. Like it wasn't yeah. un- too many people; it was just me. <laughs> <laughs> Any recurring nightmares that we need to be aware? No, of? <laughs> I mean other than no. <laughs> Sorry, I'm an, I'm an amateur counselor. <laughs> <laughs> we all are amateur therapists. That's right. All entrepreneurs are on are amateur therapists. Yeah, especially in the service industry. Absolutely. Completely. So, okay. Uh, why accounting? Why accounting? Um, it's what made sense. Okay. Um, I had five or six majors in college until I found accounting. <laughs> I did accounting 101 and went, oh, <laughs> okay, this is the thing. This is the thing that makes sense. Gotcha. Um, this is the thing that I'm teaching other people how to do. Um, I was teaching like my classmates and my, you know, we had little groups and stuff. And so I'd be sure. teaching people how to do debits and credits. And I was like, okay, this is the thing that makes sense. Sure. And I just had an affinity for making stuff balance and yeah. real happy when that happens. <laughs> no, I'm a dork. I like processes. <laughs> <laughs> that's okay. And accounting is very... Well, when they teach you in college, it feels very linear. Like it's sure. very form, you know, formulaic. Um, it's not so much once you get into the tax stuff and whatever, but mm-hmm. it's very formulaic. And that was like that made sense, you know. Gotcha. But that was a good foundation for the non, kind of like you said, the non-linear, yeah. non-formulaic yeah. way of well, playing with the tax code and right. all that fun stuff. Oh yeah, super fun. So. <laughs> better you than us (laughs) yeah i just did five hours of cp on um this new provision of the tax code and i'm just like i why (laughs) 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 i need to hire somebody (laughs) (laughs) i need to hire somebody who really like gets like gets this stuff sure yeah well i mean that's maybe can teach it to me i mean that's kind of a bring it around for a circle to things that you've mentioned before about your kind of like your catchphrase mm-hmm. or when we first met was accounting with personality mm-hmm. or something to that mm-hmm. effect. But my guess is that the, the restaurant industry and that service, like you said, dealing with other people, mm-hmm. being a, at least having a job that made you put yourself out there mm-hmm. has helped kind of strengthen that personality. Absolutely. Not, not let it get buried underneath <laughs> all the accounting stuff. Yeah, no, <laughs> there's no bearing of this personality. <laughs> I am pretty sure it just keeps getting bigger and stronger. And that's <laughs> but okay. My mom is actually right there. Mom, is it bigger and stronger? <laughs> she nodded her head yes. Yes. <laughs> With a very was... knowing, kind, <laughs> loving smirk. <laughs> uh, so why accounting? Why your own business? Um, you know, it just kind of happened. <laughs> I was at. There's a um, lot of serendipity in your life. I'm there is a lot of serendipity in my life. Um, I left um, the firm that I was in um, because of the hours and the culture, and it just was not a good fit for me. Um, and ended up just working. the normal stereotypical accounting job of tax season with yeah, an incredible I mean, amount of hours. Like when you it s- wasn't an incredible amount of hours. Okay. Um, that that firm was more, was more consulting based, okay. uh, which is 
really just kind of feeds into what I am, you know, how we deal with people now. Sure. Um, or how we help our, help our people now. But um, it just was not a cultural fit. Um, I was tired. I'd been there for eight years. I was the tax manager. It was just a lot. Um, and I had two tiny little kids. And I was just sure. like, I need a more work-life balance. Like, maybe I'll go to private accounting. I was in private accounting for a year. <laughs> And I could not get out fast enough. Um, I just, I wasn't helping anybody in mm -hmm. private accounting. You know, I didn't have the ability to really nitty gritty help people. Um, I was working in a family office at the time. Um, okay. So the owner of said family office has more money than, well, I just call him Scrooge McDuck because I could just see him in my mind swimming through just all this money. Through the right? Like, sure. and I was just like, I'm not helping anybody here. You know, yeah. my, my ability to data entry tax returns does not change his life or anybody else's life in this situation, you know? Mm -hmm. Um, and a good friend of mine, um, he had his own little firm on the, on the side. Um, and he was like, can you come help me? He's like, you, you're not, you're detail oriented. You know, you're the person I need, you know, to kind of come in and help me. And I was like, well, I hate it here. So sure, let's do that. <laughs> can only go up. Yeah, I was like, go I'm up. gonna jump. Um, and then I was working contract for another tax firm. That was really just, that's all I did is, you know, crank out tax returns. So that was a really different firm than the one I had been in. Um, so it was a good experience to know, you know, kind of the other side, because most firms are either tax shop-ish, mm -hmm. you know, like our H&R Blocks or whatever, yeah. and then there's a lot of CPAs that really just kind of do the tax, you know, it's volume. Sure. Um, and then there's the firm I was in for many, many years that was more quality and relationship-based. Mm -hmm. So it was actually really cool to see both sides. Um, and I feel like I've kind of integrated both. You know, okay. we have the ability to, you know, we can crank stuff out if we need to. Um, we don't do high volume. Um, but it was interesting to work in a high volume practice sure. and see how that all works and, you know, how they do things differently. Sure. Yeah. And I think most people would, would especially those that have started their own business, mm -hmm. their previous job experiences has really influenced the type of businesses that they've created, whether right. or not this is a really good idea or like I'm glad so that I've learned how not to do something. <laughs> yes. yes. And I always say, you know, most, most CPAs either are taxed or have audit experience. Like there's not sure. very many people who yeah. have, and that's what I hear the best have in between. Yeah. Um, but the firm that I was in for so many years that I was the tax manager in, we didn't do audits, but we did reviewed financials. Um, I helped with bookkeeping. Like I, my, my knowledge base is pretty vast compared to most CPAs. Like I have yeah. a little bit of everything. We would do forecasting, budgeting, and you know, we really kind of have helped our clients with everything but audits. So. Um, and the partner came from an audit background. So everything we do here um, and everything we did there really had formal work papers. Like we tie out every single balance because we're not putting trash into tax returns. I refuse. Yeah. <laughs> I refuse to do that. So, you know, it's a little of both. Sure. Um, but it's not just one, which is, sure. I think is, it's more well-rounded, but it's harder to focus, you know, how we want to help people. Sure. Yeah. With that knowledge base. So there was something in your, there was a sentence in your bio that mm -hmm. I really thought was kind of the crux of, of so much of what you do. And mm -hmm. I wanted to 
to just read that off, and there are kind of four words that I've bolded. Mm -hmm. um, it says, your firm specializes in providing proactive services that mm -hmm. help clients move towards their goals mm -hmm. and find success and sustainability in their business. Mm -hmm. So the four words that I bolded, and you can take this however you want to, um, or whatever direction that you mm -hmm. want to, is proactive goals, success, and sustainability. Mm -hmm. Why those four words? Why those four words? Um, so how do you implement that? How, how do you right. do all that so stuff? So proactive. Um, many, many, um, tax people are very reactive. Mm -hmm. Um, so they're just, they don't really care what's happening this year. They only care about what affects tax returns from last year. Okay. And that's the normal quintessential stereotypical it, tax prep. It is, it is pretty, you know, experience. yeah, exactly. Okay. And, um, what have you done? Yeah. What do we how do? do we report it to the IRS? Right. Yeah. Okay. And so, you know, a lot of the time we're dealing with the past, Sure. um, but we can use the past to inform the future. Um, and I really, you know, in my mind, you know, why do we have the past if we're not doing something with the future, sure. right? So that helps with the goal planning, you know, taking numbers, either projecting them out, goaling them out, saying, you know, what are we looking at from the prior years and how can we move this forward? Mm -hmm. um, or what is that 10-year big hairy goal? Where are we now? How do we get you to these, you know? You know, what are our next steps, really? Okay. So proactive, though, we do um, tax planning for all of our clients okay. um, or everybody who gets yeah. us to their stuff, basically. Is there a simple example to explain the difference between tax prep and tax planning? Yeah. So tax prep is just taking the prior year information and putting it into a tax return. Sometimes there's things we can do to reduce taxes um, in those situations. But really, tax planning is saying... Um, you know, what are, you know, what are your goals, you know, and do that, does that include tax reduction? A lot of the time the answer is yes. Sure. Um, but how, you know, what are we doing to reduce taxes um, in a way that actually helps you move towards your goals? Okay. So I've said this all a thousand times on the podcast. We're only 15 episodes in. I think I've said it in every single one, but tax mitigation isn't for me or my clients enough of a reason to make a move. Sure. You don't need 20 trucks. You don't need to buy a piece of equipment if it's not going to create efficiencies. So I like to take that goal planning piece with the tax planning piece and saying, you know, what do you want? Are you an owner that's hoping to get out of the business in five years? How much money do you need for that? Mm -hmm. And how do we get it to you in a way that's deductible if possible? There's a lot of different ways we plan, okay. plan, sure. um, and then a lot of the time, sometimes, you know, really with small businesses, it's a tax estimate, okay. but at least I like to call it no surprises tax season. Sure. I don't want my clients surprised by their tax bill because that doesn't feel good for anybody. Sure. Um, Especially if it, they owe money. <laughs> yeah. And most of the time they do. I mean, most sure. of the time I'm looking at small businesses um, that are going to owe taxes because they don't have payroll or they didn't take enough taxes or, I mean, yeah. that's the nature of the small business owning beast, really. Sure. Um, and I help them understand that. And we work, you know, we're looking at percentages, we're looking at marginal rates and I'm saying, really, your marginal rate's 15%. Yeah. I know it feels like a lot of tax, but you made a lot of money this year and you're really only looking at about 15%. Well, other people might be looking at a much higher higher rate. You know, everything. There's no, there's no comparables. They're all little. They're all little special snowflakes. Every tax return is different. Sure. Okay. <laughs> so I think I think you've really kind of tied the proactive and the goals and, yep. and the success together. Mm -hmm. Sustainability. Sustainability. That's, that's a word that has a lot of different meanings I in love society today. Uh -huh. How do you envision what that 
means and how that applies in your clients' business? So a lot of the time when we're dealing with sustainability, um, I'm helping clients um, understand how to get more time back. Okay. Usually that's the big one, right? Most entrepreneurs are working at 120 Burnout hours. prevention. Yeah, it's burnout sure. prevention really for a lot of our clients for sustainability. Um, or scaling. Sometimes we're helping okay. with scaling. Um, but a lot of the time I'm dealing with, um, a lot of the time our business owners um, need help with their value, understanding how much to charge, you know, what they can charge, um, helping with that push to charge more. Sure. Um, understanding, you know, kind of what value they provide. Um, and helping them find some time back, um, stop running around with their, like chickens with their heads cut off. Whether that looks like just online scheduling, yeah, you know, which is a solution for that, or you know, helping them with paid consults. We were just talking about paid consults before we started rolling. Mm-hmm. You know, helping them implement a paid consult to help weed people out and to you know help kind of create a better conversion rate. Sure. So it looks different for every business owner. But a lot of the time, it looks like helping them figure out how to get into a better place with their time and their money. Gotcha. Very awesome. Okay, so um, it was kind of funny. Before we started recording, we were having this nice conversation. Like, <laughs> why are we not recording about this stuff? This That's is okay. Great. I can say it again. Yeah. So, um, so kind of one of the questions that I wanted to ask was, what are the lessons that you've learned from being an employee, from mm-hmm. being an entrepreneur, mm-hmm. and a service provider to other small business owners? Mm-hmm. Um, sharing some of those lessons, and then kind of what you talked about, kind of your very current example about uh, paid consults, mm-hmm. using that maybe as an entry point to the broader question of lessons learned either, either from, like I said, employment, yeah. owning your own business, or frankly, seeing other small business owners as they go through their own mm-hmm. process. I feel like from employment, um, you know, it was, it's, it's hard to run your own business when all you've been as an employee. Mm-hmm. Um, and we always say, oh, you just bought yourself a job, right? Yep. Or you just created yourself a job. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think a lot of small business owners start there. And that's, I totally have, and I'm still kind of there right now yep. as I'm building up our practice. Um, I've created myself a job but I have to take care of, like, I'm my own boss now. Sure. <laughs> so yeah. that was really interesting to become your own boss. Yeah. There's a difference between owning a job and owning a business. Yes, there's right? a huge difference between owning a job and owning a business. Mm-hmm. Um, and understanding the difference between those things has been hugely helpful. Sure. Um, and being able to explain to other people, you know, how those are different. Um, and, you know, starting to push people towards owning the business and working in the business. Um, or on the business instead of in the business. Sure. Um, and so some of my huge, some of the things that I've implemented for me um, and for this business is yeah. to make sure that um, the lower level services are being handled. Okay. What do you mean by lower level um, services? So, and by that, that means dollar amount, basically. So okay. the bookkeeping, um, our bookkeeping and tie and all that stuff is handled by my part-time bookkeeper. Okay. Um, I review anything that needs to be reviewed that goes out. Um, you know, I'm obviously here for questions and things like that, but that doesn't require me. Sure. Um, as much as I love to do bookkeeping and accounting, um, it's just not a good use of my time. So sure. really understanding those highest and best uses of my time. Okay. Um, and then empowered delegation to yeah, someone absolutely. who for them is a, is a better fit for it. It's an absolute it better fit for the people who love to do reconciliations. Like that gives them energy. Sure. Um, I could do them. I just don't need to be. Sure. And understanding that, you know, other people are capable and I don't have to be doing every little yeah. or touching really anything 
Sure. Um, paid consults. Okay. Um, I yeah. instituted paid consults actually pretty early into the business because I was running around like a chicken with my head cut off going to consult after free consult and not getting hired. Yeah. Um, and not reaching the clients that I wanted that valued me. Um, and I learned that lesson pretty quickly. Um, I just couldn't. Denver's, yeah. Denver's a big city. Um, and I was just spending hours and hours a day driving around and not actually working on my current client work. Mm-hmm. Um, so I instituted paid consults, okay. um, which hugely impacted my conversion rate. Okay. Um, so we went, I went from like 20% conversion to like 95% conversion. Um, and I felt valued. Because mm-hmm. people were willing to spend, you know, pay for time with sure. me. Um, and that changes the dynamic of everything. Yeah, completely. Um, you know, you feel like more of a professional. You feel like, you know, this person has set aside, you know, specific time for you. And, like, they've paid for it. Sure. Um, so it's hugely, it was hugely helpful then. And also I felt like I could help people better. Because they've already paid for my expertise. Sure. In a way. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I could give them answers. I could answer their questions instead of being like, well, I have to look at it. Yeah. Do you know? Yeah, because you don't want to. It's that free advice yeah. syndrome, right? Yeah. You want to give enough, and I struggle with this all the time. Is mm-hmm. what what's enough to whet the appetite? Mm-hmm. So like, yes, should hire you because mm-hmm. I now better understand how little I know and that I right. really need your expertise mm-hmm. to too much, and then they feel em, feel empowered to go off and do it without your help. Right. <laughs> Which or, actually doesn't help anybody. Right. It doesn't help because anybody. Because they don't actually know enough to be right. able to do it. Well, and I also find that um, it weeds out the the window shoppers. Yeah. Right. Like, oh, I've talked to five different CPAs. Like, I just mm-hmm. feel like I need a sixth option when really you don't need a sixth option. Yeah. Um, the five you probably interviewed are probably all good fits. Just pick one of those. You don't have to waste my time sure. to pick one of those five. Yeah. Um, so I really just, it weeds out the window shoppers. It weeds out the people who are just looking for free, free advice. Yeah. Um, and it, um, you know, again, it makes me feel less resentful when nothing converts. <laughs> when I've spent all this time and energy and, you know, yeah. I'm happy to help people until it's was sucking the life out of me, basically. So sure. I went to paid consults in-person consults mm-hmm. um, and then i went back to free phone for a little bit okay. and i was like oh, and what was the motivation what? behind that um i was just trying to um because i changed it to phone consults i was like well i could do gotcha. you know however many free consults you know or if at least you're not driving yeah if i'm not driving anywhere it's no big deal and then i did you know again it was all the free people who wanted free mm-hmm. advice again and i was like okay no more <laughs> i was like i need to take my own advice because there have many people that i've convinced to do paid consults who have told me how it's changed their business and mm-hmm. i was like okay yep taking yep. my own advice again <laughs> and you said that was a pretty recent move back to paid mm-hmm. consults yep and we do video consults or we do phone consults um, okay. i'm not driving around anymore sure. you know unless they're super local sure um but because we want to work across the states you know, really, really helping people with those advisory services, you know, those budgets and things like that. My clients aren't going to all be here in Colorado and my clients aren't already all here in Colorado. So we like to leverage technology. We do everything virtually. Um, I have a virtual preparer in New York. Um, Everything's virtual because I'm trying to save other people time too. Sure. Okay, great. What are some other, what are some other lessons that you've, maybe ones that you've seen other business owners be making, right? Because you primarily service small business owners, which mm-hmm. is the target audience for the podcast. Yeah. So I just 
just the thought that you're ideally uh, positioned to offer some mm-hmm. some wisdom, i.e., lessons learned from other people's lives. Yeah, about um, about the people's of, learning process I'm on their think own. Think of some of the more pervasive ones. Like every business owner is so different. Sure. Um, or an interesting one too, right? Even if it's not necessarily pervasive. Um, an interesting one. Um, so I do have, so I can talk about like a price increase. So I had, um, I had a client who, um, does services and he took on this business, um, and kept the pricing structure uh, because he was very, very afraid to raise prices. Um, he lives in a very high cost of living or the business is in a very high cost of living area. Um, and the prices were not commiserate with that. Um, and he had people driving two or three hours to come to him for this service. Wow. Um, and they were booked, like fully booked. I think he worked like 6 a.m. to 7 p.m. every day. Wow. Like his hours were out of control. Yeah. Especially for this service. It's a hands-on, person-by-person service. Um, so I convinced him to do a significant price raise. Um one, not as much as I wanted him to do, but he did most of it. <laughs> Baby steps. Baby steps. Um, and um, I said, even if you lost 20%, and I, wrote, I sat down with him and I said, even if you lost 20% of your clients um, at this new price, you'd be making more money. Sure. And less time, right? And he was just like, okay. So he did it. And he calls me two weeks later. He's like, I've been home for dinner every single day this week. Um, I was like, did you lose any clients? And he's like, one. One person mentioned it. He's like, but they're still coming. Like, wow. and I was like, you didn't raise it high enough. I know. I was, about to say. <laughs> I was like, that's first thought. Congratulations. Second, second thought. Well, next, do it again. <laughs> Let's do it again. Six months or whatever, right? Yep. Um, and because he has other people that do this service, they're all making more money. Sure. Um, and he was just like, thank you for talking me <laughs> to that. And I'm like okay, you're welcome. Yeah. You know, I think a lot of the time, um, the big thing with people is helping them see, see their value. Sure. Because as employees, we don't really understand, you know, what, what the business's value is for yeah. our labor. Sure. Um, you know, lawyers and accountants, a lot of the time we can take our rate times three yep. and kind of get there because that's kind of industry standard. But that doesn't mean the business isn't making more money off of us in some way. You yeah. know, there's no quantification of our value. You know, it's just whatever our paycheck was. Sure. Um, so it's really, I think it's that transition and helping people with that transition has been really, really valuable for our clients. Yeah. Because most of them are small business owners who have been employees for many years or whatever and yeah. decided to step out. Um my friend Keith, who was on the um, on the podcast a few episodes ago, um, his big lesson was that he needed to, in his second business, he needed okay. to find a business that he couldn't actually work in. So he created a business that he couldn't actually do the services in. Okay. So he had to hire somebody to do the services. Okay. Um, and that was his big epiphany from his second, from his first job, which or his first business, which he did everything in. Sure. Right? So in the next one, he was like, okay. He sold that first one. And so the second one, he was like, I'm going to pick something I can't actually do the services in. Interesting. And I keep going, I need to find one of those. (laughs) (laughs) So that was a huge, that was a huge epiphany for him. And he Uh told me that and I was like, oh, okay. How do we, how do I apply that 
to, to myself and to our, you know, and to other clients. And so mm-hmm. that kind of makes me think, okay, so with all the new tax stuff, you know, do I become an expert in the new tax stuff mm-hmm. or do I hire somebody? Sure. Who is an expert in the new tax stuff and let them do what they do best, Sure. which is learn new tax code. Yeah. <laughs> and I'll do the relational stuff, which sure. is what, what, you know, what, you know, jazzes me up. Sure. Um, yeah. And helping people understand their numbers and, you know, helping them get to those big hairy goals and break it down for them. Yeah. So that was a huge, um, that was a huge epiphany for me um, and trying to, okay, that makes a lot of sense. Yeah. I'm going to create a business I can't even <laughs> do the nuts and bolts in. Sure. No, that's really, really interesting. I'm going to have to let that marinate yeah you got to marinate on that I'm gonna one i'm really gonna have to marinate yeah. on that one for a little bit and it's really hard for us professional service people to be like how would i do that yeah right <laughs> how do i get hmm. <laughs> yeah because you're so used to being that that expert that, that professional expert, right mm-hmm. and your business is a little bit further along than mine so i'm just like what? I know. <laughs> so my mind is blown a little yeah, bit. Yeah, oh yeah, my mind was so. completely blown by him saying that, but it's been in the back of my mind ever since he said that. I mean, it makes yeah. a lot of sense. And sure. I think he said to said it to me before, but apparently I wasn't in a time like in a place to receive it. Mm-hmm. But I am now, and I think it's just very interesting. I mean, I can still have a business I'm an expert in, but not be the expert. Sure. That's really, Potentially. Really so that was a huge lesson that that I have been taught. Um, I'm sure there's a ton of other little ones, but our big thing and my big thing is really canceling our clients through, you know, the day-to-day stuff, you Mm -hmm. know, helping them see value, helping them move forward, helping them whatever, you know, anything from, hey, how much do I pay this person to, you know, what's my next step? Yeah. And do I have money for that? Sure. Okay. So it's, it's. And I kind of see this on my end too with what I do mm-hmm. with clients is you're, and tell me if I'm wrong. I will. Okay. That's what you should. <laughs> it's like um, you know me. I will tell you if you're you wrong. You should. You better. <laughs> is really what we're doing is we're helping create the structure mm-hmm. that sets them up for success. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. I mean, we don't sell the widget. We don't do the, we mm-hmm. don't provide the company service, mm-hmm. but by the, the legal services or the accounting services, that the proactive goal setting, the counseling, the mm-hmm. tax preparation, sorry, the tax planning mm-hmm. is gives them the, the tools and understanding that they need mm-hmm. that sets them up so that they can say, okay, I have this, the back end mm-hmm. stuff Absolutely. set up. Someone's got my back. I can mm-hmm. just look forward and just get it done. Yeah, I think a lot of it is, you know, helping people see highest and best. Mm-hmm. Um, and I tell people all the time, um, you know, I have people that will call and be like, please don't judge where my accounting's at. <laughs> and I'm like, no judgment. Okay. Sure. First of all, judgment freeze down. Sure. Um, I'm sure, and I always tell them, I'm sure that I'm dropping a ball in my business that you've got figured out. Yeah. That's why we do accounting and sure. don't do what you do. Like we are the experts. That's our mm-hmm. job. Um, why is that something that you need to be feeling guilty about or whatever? Sure. And just, you know, reassuring people that unless you have an accounting background, I don't know why (laughs) (laughs) you feel like you need to be doing that in your business. Sure. You know, because we free people up. Mm -hmm. We give them, you know, and I think helping people see that and helping them reframe highest and best 
even sure. in accounting. Um, mm-hmm. Or, I mean, I don't know. I think QuickBooks has maybe taught us all that we should be doing our own accounting. I don't know what it is about yeah. about small business owners thinking that this is necessary sure. for them. Um, I have a lot of thoughts about that, but it's not. We can commiserate yeah. about our own industry's type of Yeah, like you know, and, you know, we have been, t- you know, into it, tell, you know, or tired TurboTax saying it doesn't take a genius to file your taxes, mm-hmm. and nope. Sure doesn't, <laughs> but it might take somebody who knows what they're doing to Where's do it a right. Professional, maybe. <laughs> yeah, it might be good to have somebody who knows what they're doing. Yeah, no, definitely. You know, um, understanding what the outcome should be is very, very important <laughs> when you're doing a task. <laughs> starting with the end in mind. Right? Yes, starting with the end in mind. No, that definitely makes a lot of sense. So, kind of one thought when you were talking, just going back to the to the value proposition mm-hmm. and prices, even though that's a couple minutes ago. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's really, really interesting though too, is that not just small business owners are not the only ones that are trying to, that are grappling with this type of question, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, the news came out a couple of weeks ago about Disney raised their prices, I don't know, 18 to 25% to their amusement parks. Mm-hmm. I think it's 25% this year and like mm-hmm. it was 18% last year, mm-hmm. right? And so visualize this graph of this, this relationship between price mm-hmm. and then how many clients, right? And there's this there's this inflection point, mm-hmm. right, where you raise your prices too high mm-hmm. and you're losing money because you've lost so many too clients many to clients. offset the, the, mm-hmm. the increase in price. Mm-hmm. But there's this perfect spot mm-hmm. where you lose not too many clients. Mm-hmm. You're basically maximizing your earning potential, mm-hmm. right? Money per client plus number of clients, right? And it's really, really interesting how it's just with your example, it's small business owners. Your your friend is trying to figure that out. Mm-hmm. Hopefully, he hopefully you raise your prices again soon. Do it again. Right, do it again. Because mm-hmm. Disney did it, <laughs> and people are like, "How many people can still afford Disney?" And I'm like, "You're missing the point." It's about is they're searching. They're searching for that in that dot on that graph, right? And right. everyone's and think, doing it. And it's about priorities. Mm-hmm. Um, I say all the time, okay this is not your priority right now, Yeah, you know, or you don't have a value attached to this. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's fine. Like yeah. I completely understand that, but I always tell people too, if you're raising prices and you don't lose some clients, you didn't do enough. Mm-hmm. Yeah, completely. So, mm-hmm. um, and plus but, you want to lose those people that you want to lose anyway. Yeah. And then sometimes that's the easiest way. Yeah. You know, no, cause that's to scale. Yeah. Because that's definitely something you kind of were intimating at, which is the people who are looking for free advice, there's just a completely different mentality mm-hmm. as opposed to the people who are going to pay you for, even before they've even hired you, mm-hmm. just for before your Before they've time. even met me a lot of the time. Yeah. Right? They're, they're paying like, me as they book online. <laughs> that was, okay, there you me. go. Which is really, really aggressive. It is in a lot of, of ways. It is. It's, or it's very just self-assured might be a better way to put it. Yeah, right? it's is confident. You, it's confident, right? You understand what your value is. Mm-hmm. Even if you don't even hire me, I'm still worth, my time is still worth it enough for you mm-hmm. to pay. Like, that's really what you're saying. Yeah. And, and, and you're wanting some... to attract the people who not just understand that mentality, but they have that mentality for themselves. That's so huge. You're They're totally willing right to delegate, delegate out. They're willing to pay for professional services, mm-hmm. right? And like you said, it's, you get rid of the, and some people, they might be more the high volume, low cost mentality, mm-hmm. right? And they're not going for those same type of clientele that you're going for or that I'm going for, mm-hmm. right? And so everyone kind of has their place mm-hmm. and you're really, the people who will like you the best 
or at least the clients that will like you the best or the people who have a similar mentality. Or yeah, and it's still so like have. a similar value structure. Mm -hmm. um, and I've said this, but I, I've um, talked about this, I think somewhere else, but for me, um, I learned really quickly as a small business owner that the fastest way and the easiest way to show other small business owners that you appreciate them is to pay them quickly yeah. and at their full price. Mm -hmm. yeah. All you have to do is write me a check. Yeah. It's really, really easy to value people in that way yeah. because it's an exchange of energy. Mm -hmm. I'm giving you something of my time, of my expertise. Sometimes I'm a therapist also, so sometimes it's emotional, right? Sure pay me yeah yeah and that's definitely and i'll pay you yeah and that's definitely something that at the beginning or even maybe even when i was an employee before mm -hmm. i started my own business it's not something that i completely understood of mm -hmm. if you give away something for free mm -hmm. people are like well you don't value what you don't get for free and i'm just like well i value what i get what i get for free and then i think now i better understand it you value that you got it for free. Mm -hmm. You don't necessarily value what it is that you got. Exactly. Right. Mm -hmm. And that's that mentality change, right? Of do you want them to value the free service or do you want them to value the service? Right. And the way to get someone to value the service is there needs to be an some exchange. Buy there needs to be that exchange. There needs to be a proper exchange. Yeah. Because money is energy. Mm -hmm. You know, really that, that mind flip to money is energy. Mm -hmm. because it takes time, it takes effort, it takes something yep. to acquire said money, mm -hmm. right? So please exchange, Yep. you know, it needs to be a one-to-one -one exchange in some way. Yeah. Um, and maybe it, is, it isn't one-to-one, -one, you know, but um, yeah, any small business owners I work with, um, I have a few that'll be like, oh, well, I'll give you a discount. I'm like, I didn't ask for a discount. Yeah. Or a payment plan. Like, why don't offer that to me? Sure. I'm happily going to pay you. I'll figure out a way if I can't. Yeah. Because I value what you've given. You know, mm -hmm. I value this exchange of energy. Yep. Yeah. Because uh, if, they're, if they're proactively offering a discount, it's either oversimplified maybe, right? It's either they it's don't value themselves. It's head it's trash. Head trash mm -hmm. Or they don't think that you can afford it, right? Right. And so it's... Don't tell me what I can't afford. Which, which yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's right. <laughs> That's, I'll be the judge. I'll get to choose. Like, <laughs> I get chart. to choose that, right? Mm -hmm. We all get to choose what we can afford. Yep. Right? Yeah. Which is why some people have piles of debt. Yeah. You know, because mm -hmm. they think that they can afford more than they actually can. But that's their, you know, that's on, that's on them. Yep. You know? Yep. And that kind of goes back to, again, something else we were talking about before the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> Try to, got to bring all this stuff in. That's right. Which is... It, it comes down to, again, the mentality and the priorities of, of the client, right? Mm -hmm. I mean, we were talking about how your clients pay you a certain amount of money per month. Mm -hmm. And I was like, well, that's way more than what I feel like I can get away with. Mm -hmm. Because, um, of course, I completely forgot where I was going with this, <laughs> right? You'll but it's, back. oh, that's right. I remember. It. Yeah, because so, some people are, are at least for me, and mm -hmm. I can only, only talk about them for myself, mm -hmm. is some people will look at a, a price tag and... And they were like, well, that's too expensive or that's not worth it. They mm -hmm. don't catch the vision of the services, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. And I've told some other people, um, you know, the price tag for these type of services and like, well, I have shoes, like literally, mm -hmm. and I quote, I have shoes more expensive than that. Mm -hmm. And it really just, and, and the gist was not necessarily, it was the reasonableness of the pricing. Right. right. And maybe even underpricing, at least in her mind, it, was, mm -hmm. it all comes down to, to priorities and values and how much do they value mm -hmm. 
your services and mm -hmm. how much do they grasp that vision? If mm -hmm. they grasp the vision, if they grasp the value offering, the value mm -hmm. add, mm -hmm. um, and if they have the mentality to pay for it, because mm -hmm. they may understand it, but still not care enough to pay for right. it. And that, and that right, and that happens. Th those are the type of and clientele that you're trying to find. Or yeah. They get, they get it. They get it. They have the mentality and the means right. to pay for it. And so... The um, mentality and the desire. Yeah. I think a lot of the time. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. And I think... I think when, as business owners, we're able, so here's a tidbit, sure. um, to, to detach, um, to detach um, a want from the client. Okay. Um, what do you mean by that? So, so to, to detach, like, want having, ha like, so if I do a discovery session with somebody, I'm just there to serve them. Okay. I'm not attached to an outcome. Sure. Is what I'm saying. So, gotcha. So okay. if we can detach an outcome, you know, whether it goes either way, if we can detach from having any feelings about that, mm -hmm. I think it's really, really, really helpful Yeah. as a business owner to be like, okay, that's fine. It's just not a good fit for you or fabulous. You have decided that this is a good fit for you. Mm -hmm. I'm not attached to either outcome. Yeah. You know, mm -hmm. um, there's times when I really, really like the client and I hope they come with us, sure. but I'm not attached to that outcome. Yeah. a lot of the time. And it's helpful to do a pain consult because I feel like I've been valued and paid for my time, which helps me detach from an outcome. Sure. I don't feel like I have to close them to get paid mm -hmm. for that energy. Right, because I've already been paid for that energy. So that's been super helpful as, um, as a business owner too. Mm -hmm. And I mean, clients leave. I, sure. And then we have a small base of, you know, we're boutique size. We have a small base of clients and people leave for all kinds of different reasons. Sure. Um, and a lot of the time, because we've become friends or we were friends before, because I just know my clients super intimately at pretty, you know, pretty quickly. Sure. Um, they feel bad that they're leaving, you know, for whatever, you know, sure. reason or purpose or whatever. Um, and I'm just like, this is what works for you right now. Sure you come back or you don't come back, but I'm not taking any of this personally because yeah. I've been paid for my time and sure. my energy. So again, I have no emotional attachment to, to, to the outcome. Sure. Not yeah. to the client, you know? No, I agree. And it it's definitely comes to, definitely comes back to we're providing a service, mm -hmm. like just exactly what you just said. Mm -hmm. We're there to counsel and provide information, mm -hmm. but it's their business. Yeah, it's right? your business to care and value. We wouldn't want to run it anyway. And you probably <laughs> wouldn't do a very good job. At least I wouldn't do a very good job. No, half of my clients, <laughs> I'm like, I don't know how you do that thing, but okay. <laughs> Definitely. So what are, we kind of jumped past it a little bit. Fast, that's fine. But that's okay, because this we, is my podcast. Yeah, this is I your make podcast. my own podcast rules. <laughs> what are some of the obstacles maybe that... Um, you've overcome while while starting your business um you learn a lot of grit and you learn a lot about yourself when you start a business yeah that what was is, one of your quotes actually from yours brandon's went up today the day that we're doing this one brandon's went up um yeah you talked about the grit it's about the emotional grit um you know the mind grit like there's just so many different types of grit um so yeah developing grit is huge um obstacles you know i think I think when you start a business, it's really, really easy to become what your competition is mm -hmm. um, and to choose a business model that is tried and true yeah. or easy. Especially in a world like you where you're so different from yeah. so many, like you're a very, very small minority yeah, I mean, with I that think, type of approach. I think that this approach is becoming more common sure. because um, we have more technology. We have software. We have blockchain coming. 
Um, yeah. You know, blockchain is coming down this pipe real fast, and it's going to do away with a lot of our accounting functions. Hmm. And thank God. Like, I'm so excited for that day. Um, because it does bring us to that higher level. Mm-hmm. You know, and for me, I think I did initially try to just do tax returns and get people, you know, talk about tax planning and get excited about tax planning with people, and then they would never want to do it. So I created this model because I wanted to do more proactive services. You know, I wanted to really help people and not just provide a commodity. Um, so that was one of the big obstacles was really understanding I don't have to just do tax returns. Like I don't have to create the tried and true model. I don't want volume. Yeah. I want quality, um, and I want relationships. So let's do that. Yeah. Instead of you know, I could have a practice of hundreds of clients right sure. now, five year, five years in, but I refuse that. I refuse that for me, and I refuse it for my clients. Sure. Because then they don't get the attention that that really they're paying for. And they, you know, they've signed up for. Yeah. So, I think that was one of the big obstacles for me. Um, seeing my own value was really, really hard. Mm-hmm. And I think almost everybody struggles with that as a small business owner. Um, and I still struggle with that. Um, I have some, you know, I'm in some forums of people who are like, I'll like post my prices, and I'm like, okay, tell me they're too low. <laughs> I'm ready <laughs> because. Because it's easy for other people to help push you. Sure. Mm-hmm. And Maybe. I think that just knowing enough, you know, being self-aware and having, you know, having the ability to say, okay, I know this is a blind spot in my business. Yeah. Um, and also knowing you don't know everything. Mm-hmm. That's been huge. Yeah. You know, I, I freely say I started a business and had no idea, you know, what that actually was going to look like. Yeah. But I'm learning. Sure. And I'm trying to bring people in to help me with that. Um, you know, I'll just call you and be like, hey, you do the thing. Can you walk <laughs> me through how you do the thing? Because I do believe that there's nothing new under the sun. Yeah. And that other people are probably doing something to what I'm thinking about. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I'm going to other experts. I'm going to people who are doing what I want to do. Sure. And asking them to show me how they do it. Doesn't mean I'm going to do it that way. But I'm an information gatherer. <laughs> Um, and so I, it's actually funny. So, um, one of my mentors, um, he's actually gonna be on the podcast in a few weeks. We just, um, did, did one with him the other day. Um, he started this whole, um, basically he helps small business owners do the package systems like we do, you know, to provide proactive services Mm -hmm. and to really kind of get into the nitty gritty with the clients. He helps, you know, those tax shops, the people who are doing the qual the quantity, Mm -hmm. you know, figure out the quality. Um, and he started that business because I called him because I did one of his webinars or something on Big Y or I don't know what it was. Um, or no, they had talked about value pricing on okay. I did some free webinar or whatever. And I love the webinar love webinar so so much. I just emailed him and I was like, this is who I am. This is what I'm looking for. Do you guys do any like training on this? Yeah, you know And he was like, well, we're thinking about building it. You get to be our guinea pig and I'm like, deal right. <laughs> <laughs> you know like, I just leveraging other business owners and other experts is one of the biggest successes I think of our biz- of of the way that I've run this business and the way that I've personally developed. And it was an, I think it, there was a little bit of an obstacle for me to be like I don't know. Yeah. To say I don't know. 
sure um how to run you know how to do this specifically in my own business because it's easier to look at other people's businesses and other people's finances and tell them what to do sure and how to how to make it work and watch them do that but then it's hard to look inward and do it for yourself sure so leveraging other people was a huge was a huge success for me yeah and it's something i can consistently do sure okay so um just something you kind of mentioned at the the, kind of at the beginning of that Mm -hmm. answer was commodity versus service Mm -hmm. talk about that and how has that benefited your business by adopting more of a service Mm -hmm. model rather than a commodity model um i think that um as technology well for me you know as i watch all this technology come up um the accounting the accounting sphere is changing pretty rapidly i think one it's one of the most rapidly changing um technology wise well okay um because we have big heavy hitters we have intuit we have Mm -hmm. um you know huge service providers that are doing absolutely everything to almost push accountants out Mm -hmm. in some you know in some way um with TurboTax and quickbooks online and things like that um so it became very apparent to me and it always like, I've always loved technology. Um, but it comes apparent to me that we can just build people tech stacks, mm-hmm. you know, to pretty much do everything they need to do. Um, and then we can just oversee that. Um, so it really is, you know, commodities are tax returns. Tax returns yeah. are commodity. We have H and R blocks. We have TurboTax. We have do it yourself options. There's yeah. a hundred of them now btw if you're watching this right now do not sign up for a free one they're just going to take your email pay for it um and you know there's just tax returns have been so commoditized yeah. um and i always say and we do taxes because that's not the value add sure there's no value add in creating something that everybody needs Everybody has to file their taxes. Um, That's just the money to play at the table. Yeah, that's just the money to play at the table. Um, You know, do you want to grow your business? Do you want tax planning? Do you want to know what you're going to owe and how we could potentially impact that before we get there? You know, there's just so many other options for services, for accountants, because we do have this knowledge base of how do we work with numbers, you know, and how do we extrapolate what the client really needs out of their numbers? Mm -hmm. Um, I have a client who is trying, who's bringing her contract, um, office manager who had worked on, you know, kind of helped her this last year on as, you know, as an employee this Mm -hmm. next year. And I was like, well, what are her hours look like? And she was like, and I was like, okay, just send me the hours and then call me. Like, I, I spent 30 minutes just going through the numbers with her and being like, this is what I think your offer should be. Because she was like pulling, you know, salaries from this place and having somebody pull salaries from this yeah. place and having her HR company do this and blah, 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 blah. And I'm like, but how much is she really working? Yeah. You know, just let's take those historical numbers, create a forecast of what her salary could look like. Here's your offer. Yeah. And she was like, thank you. <laughs> you know, because yeah. she just had all these data points. Yeah, she had people being like, "You should offer her thirty thousand dollars." To you should offer her two hundred thirty thousand dollars, and she's just like, "I don't know what to do." Yeah, because I think that's really interesting. I mean, it, because when you're offering offering services and when you're developing relationships, mm-hmm. 
the, it's almost like the further away you can get from that commodity, mm-hmm. the more insulated you are from that disruptive technology. Right. Because right? my world, we see the same thing. Mm-hmm. And there are a lot of attorneys who do the commodity type stuff. They're more at risk. It's turn and burn. Then I feel like what what I'm at, right? Mm-hmm. And this is not about me, so but I'm no, not going to go fine. into what I do, right? This is about her. <laughs> you can watch Brandon's. He's episode 15. That's right. Um, but to me, it sounds like a lot like that too. Like all these heavy hitters that are moving into your industry, mm-hmm. you're further removed from what they do. And so there's more longevity there. There's insulation there. There's protection mm-hmm. there from all they do because it's infinitely harder for TurboTax to replicate a relationship. Mm-hmm. Right. And mm-hmm. that type of analysis that you just described mm-hmm. than than the normal stuff. Yeah. I mean, you until can, they develop AI. And, I mean, you can call TurboTax um, sure. and there might be a tax person on the other end. Maybe. Yeah. Um, most of the time they're credentialed, um, but they're not going to sit down and be like, so let's talk about the income for the year and, you know, what yeah. your goals are. And are, did you want to do a SEP IRA? Because you told me you wanted to move money to you in any way possible. Do you have the cash for that? Like, they're not going to yeah. ask you those questions. That's not going to happen. Yeah. They're just going to tell you how to input it into TurboTax, yeah. that thing that you don't know what to do with. Mm-hmm. So, yes, are they developing AI for relationships? Probably. Yeah. Um, but that type of but, but that type of how does it know how to answer the questions yeah, or what right. questions to ask or what It'll the take, client wants or yeah. there's just when they get to that point we're yeah. all in trouble. Well, but see, and hopefully we're retired by then because it's totally so far fine. away and that's really fine. But I think that we've gone from this this model of commodity for tax preparers, um, and you can't sell that anymore. Yeah, you can't really just sell a tax practice if that's your end goal. Yeah. Um, you can't sell a tax practice with 800 tax returns in it because, A, they're probably going to be underpriced. Yeah. B, you're going to lose a huge portion of those people. Mm-hmm. And C, a lot of the time they just have loyalty because of price. <laughs> or this is the person who did their dad's tax return or whatever, right? Yeah. The loyalty is only based, is loosely based mm-hmm. um, to that firm. Um, so wanting to, you know, sell a firm that only does tax returns, you know, because yeah. they're a commodity, basically. It's just, it's not going to happen anymore like that. Yeah. Yeah. The amount of money you could get from selling there the business now is... There is no value is, there. It's so different from 10, 15 years yeah, ago. Yeah. And then you have to stay on. You have sure. to stay on and introduce and like... Yeah. Create those relationships and like... I mean, not that I ever plan on selling my practice, but if I wanted to, it wouldn't be based on volume. It would be based on advisory services. Mm -hmm. And whoever bought it from me would have to be able to provide that thing Mm -hmm. um, or have somebody that they're going to hire to provide that thing. So it would be, it's different now. Yeah, completely. And it's rapidly becoming, there's this gap between the advisory services and the commodity that is growing rapidly. Yeah. Um, and you know, with the new tax cuts and jobs act, I can't tell you how many people I've seen in my forums and stuff be like, I'm out. Really? Interesting. But like you just said, because cause it's, it's commoditized, there's, to learn. Yeah, there's just too much value. There's not enough value to sell. Right. The exactly. Anymore. So there's, but there's no value in the tax returns because they're only making money on volume. Sure. They're not making any money on their expertise mm-hmm. and trying to explain to a client who's come for a commodity that, hey, I've spent 40 to 60 hours this year learning this new tax stuff, yeah. this new tax policy policy stuff, they don't care. 
Yeah. You know, when you when you've purchased a commodity, you don't care what goes into said commodity. Yeah. Right. Yeah. It's just a widget. Mm-hmm. I don't Completely. care what you had to do to create said widget. Yeah. I still want it for the same price. Sure. No, that makes sense. So, and I see a lot of that similar dynamic in in my world too, mm-hmm. right? Any that commodity, the technology is pushing up against a lot of different industries, especially the service industries, mm-hmm. I would suspect, right? And so well, yeah, I mean, there's so many online legal places so I could just go oh, create yeah. my own stuff. Yeah, and I've lost people to them, right? <laughs> Potential clients, yes. right? But I've never, and you've probably experienced this on some level, that the loyalty is so so much higher, mm-hmm. right? I've lost clients because they've moved outside of, away from Colorado mm-hmm. or they've passed away. Like mm-hmm. it's not about the service yes. lots of times. Yeah. Right? And so that loyalty is there. Your stickiness is there. Yeah. I mean, and, I have clients that move. I have clients that move. And like I said, I have clients from, I've never even met in person. Sure. Um, who um, are loyal to me because of what I've provided them or because of our relationships or whatever. Yeah. Um, and I have clients that move out of state and I can practice anywhere. Yep. Yeah, I really, we can file taxes. Which I'm very jealous of. Pretty much anywhere. <laughs> um, there are certain, certain states that would prefer that, you know, we'd be licensed there, but we just do a low volume in those states and try to stay under the radar, on the radar. <laughs> like New York, we'll just... I was about to say. Under 10. <laughs> I have an under 10 client max in New York. <laughs> Completely. But my new EA is in New York, so mm-hmm. maybe we can file under her or something. Oh, there you go. There you go. Maybe. Yeah, we'll figure out. We'll figure out a way. Could be fun. You know, there's just so much, so many things that we can do with technology. Um, sure. And I love technology, so. Yeah. You know, I'm not it's making it work for you rather than yeah, taking not, over from you. I'm not spending time worrying about oh everybody's going to QuickBooks online. Okay, great. It works fabulously for a it, yeah. lot of our clients and me. So sure. you know. Let's just move to the cloud because that's where things are going. Yeah. And you adapt or you die. Completely. I say that all the time. Or at least the business. <laughs> oh, yeah. Maybe the business not physically, dies. literally, no, no death no, threats. No, no, no. I mean, no doubt, you know. <laughs> I you know, know what you're saying. But yeah, you know, your business dies. I see people in forums all the time like, I don't want to go to the cloud at all. And I'm like, how are you even banking? Yeah. You know, how do we? You're, you're missing a huge portion of potential clients. By yeah. not adopting, mm-hmm. you know, Completely. and really our sweet spot for client age is between like 30 and 50. And most of them are pretty tech savvy. Yeah. Yep. And they completely. expect, they expect, you know, technology. Sure. Yeah, completely. And they want so. it. So sure. That's okay. how we operate. How can people most <sighs> easily find you? <laughs> well, um, you can, I can't, uh... I can't make any promises about the middle of this podcast, <laughs> but at least I'm starting in Indian. <laughs> The way that people are um, expecting. I will link the uh, I will link J E O K and C P A L L C in the in the description box when I okay. put this up or when Stephen does because I'll probably be like mm, I don't know if we're posting. This <laughs> That's right, <laughs> um, Steve. Got to make this happen. <laughs> um, and there's a schedule here button there, and you can schedule a time awesome. to talk to me. Look at you. There you can you go. sign up for Technology. a discovery session, and we'll take care of you. Um, you can also email the. Um, you can also go to the Amount of Beans website um, okay. and uh, hit that contact form okay. for us, and that'll send us an email. I can you can answer questions there too. Cool. It's a lot of e- really easy ways. Super basically. easy ways. We make it as easy as possible. Good. Okay. Great. Well, thank you for coming to the podcast. <laughs> You're welcome. And with that, before I'm violently overthrown, <laughs> I will resign as podcast host and gladly cede it back. <laughs> thank to you. Miss Appreciate okay. it. <laughs>
I thought I was like freeing up throughout my Tuesdays for the rest of the. No, free not. <laughs> no, okay, that's fine. <laughs> so, thanks. Thank you. Hey, y'all. Thanks for listening. If you found this podcast to be inspiring, helpful, and entertaining, please like and subscribe. This helps us grow the community and reach more people. If you are interested in learning more about this episode's guest or accessing any of the books or other resources mentioned in this episode, be sure to check out the description box below. Until next time, be abundant.